0: Welcome to the Bolstered Up Sports Podcast. I'm Brian Bolster, your host as always. The complete Duke, North Carolina basketball podcast series is now available on Apple Podcasts as well as Podbean. Please give that a chance. Ethan Pullis and I deep dive into the rivalry and some of the best matchups. For more content, please follow us at bolstered underscore up underscore sports on Instagram and on Twitter at BSTakes. Today, me and good friend Will Langmeyer are gonna look at the 2020 NFL Draft. Deep dive into some of the teams, some of the picks. Give our biggest takeaways, some winners, some losers. Really looking forward to it. All right, hey Will, how are you? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, I'm good. Appreciate you being here. Looking forward to this draft talk. But first, we've got to go ahead and hit on your beloved panthers and especially cam newton so what do you yeah. think about their decision to release cam and move on sign that three year 20 per year uh teddy bridgewater contract
1: obviously i'm a big cam newton guy you know being my friend for a long time kind of disappointing really disappointing actually that he's gone you know the whole the whole crew has gone it seems after all the retirements and trades releases but uh You know, if if we still had Cam right now, I'd be a lot more excited for the season. I think I'd be a lot more optimistic. So I think we're making a lot of good moves other than getting rid of him. You know, it's tough to get behind a guy like Bridgewater. I like him. You know, I like to want other teams, I guess. You know, I I think he's a solid guy. I just don't think he's someone who's going to take your team very far, you know, in terms of winning anything. He's a more limited kind of guy, more game manager type. Rule, I think, is – going to have a system you know like it's going to be a little more kind of scripted with rule taking advantage of you know his uh of joe brady's scheming and getting guys open through scheme rather than through you know exceptional arm talent like cam was required to do so i think that's mainly my take on that
0: yeah i'd, I'd have to agree it's definitely i think no matter how you look at it cam fan or not it's it's definitely a reset and mm. Teddy Bridgewater for all the, the positives as far as locker room guy, uh, coachable. He's just, I mean, when you look at the stats, his, the most touchdown passes he's thrown in the season is 14. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. he's going to limit some turnovers. He's mm. going to be smart, but the ceiling's lower. There's no doubt about yeah. that.
1: Yeah. I agree. Maybe Go he ahead. He's going turn the ball over as much as can. You know, he – especially – when he felt like he had to make plays, Cam was not afraid to try to make something happen and maybe he'd reduce the drastic change of, you know, change of momentum plays that might happen with Cam and be a little more on schedule. But, you know, that's that would be the main main advantages to having Bridgewater. But, like you said, still not as high a ceiling.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So, I, I mean, I think Christian McCaffrey, he had a heavy workload last year. I think that's only going to increase – They paid the man, and they are going to use him. Teddy Bridgewater, just like you said, is not going to push the ball down the field. So I think it's going to be Christian McCaffrey's just running the show. And basically how him and that O-line goes, so will the team. Now you mentioned they're making a lot of good moves. Let's get into the draft picks a little bit. First pick, seventh pick overall, Derek Brown. What do you think of him?
1: I mean, I like the pick. I think that's what we had to go with. You know, last year – up 5.2 yards of carry on the ground, I mean, that's like a Hall of Fame running back every game you're playing against in terms of that yardage. So it's tough to succeed. You know, if you can't stop the run to that degree, then teams are just going to exhaust their whole death chart just handing the ball off and running it on you. I mean, it's just easier because less risk. If you can run for five yards of play, then you're going to do that until you score. You're not going to have, you're not going to throw the ball once. So people are saying, you know, they liked uh, Simmons – and his versatility and his coverage skills, considering especially your secondary is not looking great in terms of depth. There's not a whole lot there, so people wanted him, but he, he wouldn't have opportunity to make plays without a guy like Derek Brown up there clogging up the middle, making their life miserable, and opening up holes for someone like him to stop the run or you know give him time to cover, make a play, whatever you, you want to say. So I really like Derek Brown. I Think he's going to be a stud. He's not going to pass rush like a Aaron Donald, but he can still provide pressure up the middle. Make those—I mean, especially in our division right, right now—you got Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and uh, Tom Brady. How am I forget that guy, <laughs> uh, you know? And they all—they all like stepping up at the middle of the pocket, which most quarterbacks do, especially those guys. They're not running a lot; they're not spinning out of sacks and making a play at their feet for the most part. So, it's good to have a guy like him disrupt what they want to do is just step up in the pocket
0: and make a throw. I think you're exactly right. And Matt Rule started with the foundation of the defense, starts in the middle. You're giving up 5.2 yards a rush, even though the NFL game has shifted so much to the passing side of offense. If you're Mm -hmm. allowing that in the run game, teams don't even need to go to that. Or – if they do, that play action is just exponentially better. So I think you're exactly right. Derek Brown, not super explosive in the pass rushing side of things, but in terms of the run and when you listen to other SEC offensive linemen interviewed about who was the toughest guy they played against, I mean, a huge majority pointed out Derrick Brown. I, I think he's just... The man's man. He's going to destroy things there in the middle, not get huge sack numbers, but definitely wreak havoc on the game. Mm -hmm. Next Uh, part of that foundation was Yutur Gross Matos, defensive end from Penn State. Great length. What's your take on him, PB?
1: Uh, You know, I really like him, too. I think he's got a great frame. And you look at him on, you know, watching YouTube highlights, which obviously everyone does after they draft a guy. I mean, he doesn't. His arms don't look that big for someone his size. You know, he doesn't look like he's completely filled out. He could put on another, I'd say, 15-20 pounds at least, and you know, beef himself up a little bit and continue to add to his repertoire in terms of pass rush moves. I think he's got a decent base to work with. Unfortunately, Eric Washington, our D line coach, is gone now. He was there for since 2011, and he was our defensive coordinator the last mm-hmm. two years, which we won't go into that. But in terms of the Defensive line, he was great at developing guys. You got Greg Hardy, Charles Johnson before him. I'm sure I'm forgetting guys. KK was second-round pick. I mean, lots of guys who were kind of raw. Greg Hardy was like a fifth-round pick, I think, or something like that, even though he had high talent. You know, he he takes guys and makes them good, and we don't have him anymore. But traditionally, we've developed defensive ends pretty well, and I think that's, that's a guy that in the past we definitely would make him into a productive kind of guy he looks like a good I mean he sounds like he's a good kid like I said big frame tall long room to add on some more muscle probably I think he can go he could be kind of scratching the surface maybe pro Bowl type of guy if if pieces fall the right way obviously no one's a sure thing but I think he has that kind of potential which is what you're looking for in a young guy like that.
0: I agree. I mean, early in the second round to choose a guy like that with such a high ceiling has all the tools. Just needs to be cleaned up a little bit, get a little bit better with his hands, lower his pad level. But again, yeah. I think they're addressing the right areas. Which brings me—you mentioned the secondary not looking great yeah. with Jeremy Chin coming in third-round pick. I think that's great value. Well, you mentioned that. Yeah, you're. You yeah, know. you're exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Last pick of the second round. Yeah. Again, though, I believe they moved up to make that selection. They did, yeah. I I think that's great value when you're talking about the Panthers fans wanting Isaiah Simmons. He went eighth overall. Yeah. Kyle Duggars, similar type guy. He's a little bit more of a factor in the return game, not quite the length that those other two bring. But as the last pick in the second round, I think that's great value. And he can bring really all the same things that Isaiah Simmons does Maybe a little bit more raw of a prospect, but I think it's going to come down to that development that you were speaking yeah. of. And how do you think the Panthers will use him? Do you see him more in the box, maybe nickel in the slot, or do you think they're going to try to move him back in that secondary play a little bit of deep safety?
1: I think he's probably going to be more of a strong safety type, if I had a guess. I've never seen how Matt Rule deploys guys. I know he mentioned he likes guys who are more positionless. Who can move around, almost like he sounds like an NBA coach. Almost like does he just like guys who can who are versatile? It sounds like he's one of those guys. that he can he play in the box. He could be a big nickel, you know. Cover, especially we got Gronk coming into the division now. I'm, I can't. I'm, I'm forgetting now but the Saints have a guy who's kind of in that mold. Bigger. Jared guy, Cook. So.
0: They still got Jared Cook. Is that right? Uh,
1: I think so. And then the Falcons got rid of Hooper, so I'm not sure who they have a tight end now. But obviously Gronk is a big one. And uh, just the whole NFL, there's more guys, Kelsey, Kittle, you're seeing more of those guys, big, tall, fast guys, who he could be useful for covering someone like that. I mean, the Niners, obviously, probably going to be pretty good in the NFC for a while. You'd have to think that's a team you'd have to beat. Packers, you have to have a couple fast tight ends. A lot of the top teams, Ertz for the Eagles, a lot of the top teams have those guys, and you need someone like that in today's NFL to help cover those guys. Uh, and it was, speaking of trading up, I think it was a great move to trade up for. We moved up, I think, maybe eight spots, seven spots. And we just gave up a fifth rounder. And we had two fifth rounders anyway. So it was really, I know personally, I know one of my buddies is a Dolphins fan. He was wanting them to trade up a few spots and get him, and was mad that we did. So, you know, it, he's got a lot of potential, a lot of athleticism, which is what some of the rule likes. He, he's always, everywhere he's gone, he's got a Temple, Baylor, he's got Athletes. And they kind of coach them up, you know, got them in the right spots, maybe improved their technique a little bit. So that's definitely the kind of guy you think Rule would excel with, finding how to how to use them and how to develop and make them better.
0: Yeah, that's Rule's mo. Get yeah. guys with great length, great speed, coach them up. If I had to guess, I think Chin's going to be closer to the line of scrimmage as opposed to to I, further I, out. I, I, I think he's going to be great as in the slot and in the box. just He's got the length. He can put on some weight if need be to get up to that maybe 235 range, be a little bit more of a legitimate linebacker. But I think he's a great addition. And like you said, moving up, using that extra fifth-round pick, great use of that draft capital. Moving to the fourth-round pick, Troy Pride out of Notre Dame. I think, again, you see Matt Rule's prototype there. He's got length. He's got speed, he's raw, needs to work on his ball skills, but he brings all the tools for them to coach up. Now, before we get a little bit too far into this, I I just want to mention Kenny Robinson, the safety that was formerly from West Virginia, then to the XFL. I think it's an awesome story. Um, He made a decision to kind of help his family out, and I think he could have been... Drafted lower because of that. So I think there's potential for good value there, and I think they see him as the deeper safety prospect. Do you trust this new defensive staff to use those guys in the right way? Because when it comes down to it, the the three prospects that are compared in Isaiah Simmons, Kyle Duggar, Jeremy Chen, I think it's all going to come down to how are they used. They all have that great yeah. potential but they have potential to have a fairly low floor if they're used in the right way or the wrong ways or yeah. that high ceiling if used in the right ways.
1: I agree. I think that you see a lot of those guys kind of tweeners, not necessarily at that position, but you yeah, have the guys like Fowler. I think the, the Jags drafted Fowler. If it's over years yeah, back, those that's guys right. Who are, they're athletes. They're not, they don't really fit. Like He was a little small for a defensive end, you know, like – those guys, who, they, you you see the speed, and you're like, wow, they're so fast, you know, but if you don't have the size and someone gets your hands on you, that's 320 pounds on I, mean, I mean, these guys are getting insanely big. It seems like every year they're bigger and bigger. I mean, all the left tackles were look like they could, you know.
0: I agree. Like half, 320 half, pounds half. has never seemed smaller. It's yeah, just crazy.
1: Pushing, like, a truck up, I mean, he looks like a mountain. You know, it's just it's crazy how big he's got. But, you know, it's just... Uh, it, it's, I agree. It's how you use them. You gotta put them in the right situations. If you ask a guy like that to get get in the middle and take on a tackle or a guard, and he's not gonna be able to do it. You know, you got you put him in a place where he can succeed. But uh, I think it was a good move getting Derek Brown because it's hard. It's hard to find guys like that. I, you always, I personally, my opinion is you want to draft guys who are hard to replace. Obviously, you can replace a guy like Simmons. I think. Easier than a guy like Derek Brown because there's not that many guys who are built like Derek Brown or any of those big guys. So it's just uh, that's my opinion on that. And I think getting Derek Brown early and getting a similar guy as Simmons and Chen. Obviously, he's not the same prospect, or he would have been drafted higher. But a similar guy and only giving up a fifth and having I'd rather have those two guys than pick Simmons and maybe get a, a low end, a lower end defensive tackle, and try to fill a huge hole that way.
0: I completely agree. I think they drafted smart, weren't worried about public perception, or splash, yeah. you know, a, oh, a flashy pick. of
1: Panther fans very upset about it.
0: Just, yeah, no, I can up. imagine because Isaiah Simmons, he's getting all the hype. He's yeah, got all the, the videos racing the Travis Etienne, the running back. But I think you get great value when you don't overvalue sack numbers. And you take Derrick Brown, who I I really believe there's a pretty distinct drop from him to Javon Kenlaw, who's the next defensive tackle, who's got a lot of potential but is far more raw, some injury concerns. And then you yeah. get Chin, who I think is relatively closer to Simmons. He's got that frame, he's got the potential. They're putting their faith in their coaching ability, and I think that's the—I mean—that's the right thing to do. If you aren't going to be confident about it, then yeah. you know why are you there?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and uh, you know, Isaiah, like I said earlier, Isaiah, someone doesn't matter if they run the ball up the middle. You, you have to have those guys up front in order for your more skilled position guys to succeed on either side of the ball. So if you don't have the big guys, doesn't matter how good your receivers are, doesn't matter how good your secondary is. If they're dominating you on the line, then it's it's tough to win in in the NFL, for sure.
0: I would agree. So, I kind of loved it on on paper seeing that the Panthers went 7-for-7 on defense. If I was going to be critical of one thing, just like you're talking about big guys, I wish they would have drafted an offensive tackle, an offensive guard, Mm -hmm. just for development process. Like I think that's a position... The O-line, you, you've you got to draft at least one of those guys every year just to keep the cupboard from being too bare. What do you, I mean, what do you yeah. think about them completely dismissing yeah. offense, particularly maybe offensive line?
1: Well, yeah, I think we could probably use another running back in terms of depth, although we're not going to take McCaffrey out the field too much as <laughs> if, if, if the last couple of years is any evidence of that. Uh, but besides that, I mean, I like our receivers. I think they all have – they're all still young. They all have potential. They're all fast, which is a big, big yep. thing in today's NFL. So, really, on the offense, the only thing we're really looking for, other than quarterback, obviously, which with our pick, it was, there wasn't really a quarterback we are going to get unless we are going to trade up. Offense line is something that we need, but we got Okung uh, in the offseason. Obviously, trade traded away Trey Turner at the guard spot. But, I mean, tackle-wise, we have Moten, Okung, and Little, who we drafted in the second round last year. Who hopefully, we still have – will be able to play and produce for us. Guards, we got Piratus in the center. Uh, you know, he's I think he's getting a little older, but he's a Pro Bowl. He well, he has been a Pro Bowl level center in the past. Really, the guards position is the big question marks because Trey Turner's gone, obviously. And after that, none of the guys are very well known guys. You know, they're all kind of stopgaps. gaps. They're not they're not the guys you're relying, you're building your line around. We'll say that. So it would have been nice to have one of those guys. You know. One guard, like you said, someone who maybe is a mauler, get in there. You know, someone who maybe can coach up. But uh, I think defense was so it was so. Not only was it poor last year, we also lost Luke Kuechly, possibly best middle linebacker in the NFL. Bradbury, our starting corner, who was pretty good. Eric Reed, free safety or strong safety, he's gone. I think we lost another corner. You know, Mario Addison on the defensive end. So, we just have, I mean, the list goes on. There's half our defense, at least, is going to be different in terms of starters this year. And uh, in the secondary, you know, we need to pick a guy to the fourth round in corner. And our best corner is right, right now is Dante Jackson, who's barely been able to stay on the field and is questionable in terms of his ability so far. I mean, he's got the the tools, like you said, but uh, not, maybe not the discipline as much. So, so, we really needed guys to fill in who can just play. The rest of our corners are almost lucky to be on an NFL roster, honestly. So, I would like to have got you know someone exciting on offense or someone we could develop, but I think definitely we needed as many defensive help as much defensive help as we can because we spent most of our free agency and everything on offensive pieces. So, really, it was they. I think they had mentioned those basically. They used the free agency to work on the offense, and they decided they're going to dedicate the draft to defense, which obviously they did. First time in NFL history, seven for seven. So. You know, I think it. I don't think you can really get too upset unless someone like the Packers, who I don't know if we're going to talk about them later, but if you draft a quarterback who you have the best quarterback maybe of all time and a very talented running back and you draft a guy in the second round who was projected to go in the third or fourth round, unless you're doing stuff like that, I don't think you should worry about positions as much as just getting good players.
0: Completely agree. I think drafting best player available is the best way to go. I think it all goes back to, Matt Rule and the position he's in. He got that huge long-term contract, believes in their ability to develop players, and I think they're really not even worried until bare minimum next year. And I'd honestly say year three is really what they're looking at. Sign Mm -hmm. Teddy Bridgewater, stopgap quarterback, develop, get the culture you want, build up the rest of the team, and then whether it be year two or year three, Draft the quarterback you believe in, with the team yeah. set up for him to succeed. I think that's the plan. I think if you if you really read into Matt Rule at all, you look at what he did at Temple or Baylor. It is tear it down to build it back up, and I think he's doing the exact same thing. And if I was a Panthers fan, I would have faith. I would relax and have
1: faith. Yeah, that's true. I, I like I mean, like I said, I liked everything they did other than get rid of Cam, which. Is people can debate. I personally would, would rather have Cam right now than not. But uh, it is smart in terms of if you if you look at the NFC South, you got Drew Brees is forty three, or excuse me, he's forty. Tom Brady's forty three in August, and Matt Ryan is he's up there. I want to say thirty seven, maybe. I mean, you wouldn't think he's going to play at a high level for that much longer. So in two or three years, when if all those guys are gone and the Panthers can find a guy, they're going to be in a real good spot to be making the playoffs a lot and, and having a maybe favorable division. Although the, the only team that really worries me would be the Saints because as much as they hate Sean Payton, he's, he's, he can't argue with his ability as a coach. He's, he's awesome. And, uh, you know, they signed Jameis. So maybe they just get rid of Breeze. And, uh, after this year and Jameis becomes, you know, amazing, he, he grows a brain and a set of eyes and s- starts, uh, slinging a little more accurately and a little less dangerously, you know. You never know. I mean, I've seen Sean Payne do it too many times on offense to count him out as long as he's there, but, uh, you know, it's a good spot for the Panthers to be in right now in terms of they're going to probably not be competitive in terms of the division for a couple years, but once they these guys get developed and, and kind of get comfortable on the system that going to implement, it could be a good, a good spot for us to be in.
0: Yeah, I, I could agree with you wholeheartedly. The other teams are basically trying to get the very last bit of juice out of the orange in terms of Breeze, Brady, the Falcons. Matt Ryan's not as old, but that coaching staff is on their last legs. They're making last-ditch efforts to try to win now and the Panthers are not. And I think that's going to benefit them two years down the road, although I will agree with you, Sean Payton, I would have faith that they can make a quick turnaround. So let's move on to that uh, divisional rival with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. Tom Brady being in the division, Mm -hmm. I know you're a huge fan of Mr. Brady. (laughs) How do you think he's going to come in and impact the division year one?
1: First of all, I would say never count Tom Brady out until he's – gone from the NFL, because that's just the guy he is, unfortunately, but I, th- I like Bruce Arians as a coach. I think he's a great coach. I don't see exactly how Tom really fits into his scheme, his traditional scheme. He's more of a, uh, you know, many multiple-step drops, throw-it-deep, play-action kind of guy, air-raid offense, and that's kind of the, what Tom is like a West Coast guy, or he has been for a while now. Really, the only time he wasn't was when he had Randy Moss most talented receiver of all time so i don't know he's got evans who again is a deep deep ball guy jump ball kind of guy not really a dink and dunk kind of guy like tom likes to do he's got gronk now Who well, you know i mean i assume gronk's gonna be pretty good i don't think he's gonna come back and be a shell of himself i think he's probably gonna come back fresh and be pretty pretty solid so that helps i think they got a good slot guy i, I can't remember I'm, I'm not remembering right now but uh the real issue is the offensive line, and they really didn't address too much. They got a, they got a, a tackle in the first round, but besides that, I don't think they really improved the line a whole lot, which is a problem that Tom had in New England. So I think it, it's going to be a boom or bust. I think he's either going to succeed because he's Tom Brady and he'll figure out a way, or it's just not going to be the right fit. It's Tampa Bay, you know, not really winning culture traditionally. They won that one Super Bowl in 2002. Besides that, never really been special. You can argue Tom is going to change that because he's just that kind of guy, but or they might struggle and, and not really you know um, do as well as people think right now. Super Bowl contender, they were seven and nine last year, and they haven't made a, a plethora of improvements other than Tom Brady and Gronk. That's really the only two. So they got the left tackle. I don't, I'm not sure I like their second round pick that much. I like the I like the tackle, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know. Uh, on the defensive side, they got uh, they had the best running defense in the league last year. I, I know being a Panthers fan, I mean I think McCaffrey had his two worst games against them. I'm pretty sure. I mean they're they're very tough to run against. But again, the secondary pretty weak, thirtieth in, in passing, I believe. Uh, they didn't make t- they didn't they draft this guy in the second round, but uh, Antoine Whitfield Jr. But uh, I'm not sure how immediate of an impact he's going to be making coming out of Minnesota, Big Ten going to probably be a tough transition to the nfl and uh you know it'll just be interesting to see how that
0: unfolds i think fits the question and i would put my faith in tom brady and bruce arians to figure it out i I agree agree. that the roster on the offensive side is quite different than what brady's worked with in the past so i could see (laughs) that bringing some frustrations particularly early in the year I have a little bit more faith in that O-line. They had a big issue at right tackle last year, and they're hoping Tristan Wirfs can come in and get the job done. But with a rookie, you don't want to go ahead and just cement him in and say problem taken care of, although that could be the case. I do like Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety Mm -hmm. they picked, playmaker, just instinctive guy. I think it was they went with a good pick in Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round running back out of Vanderbilt. Thought mm-hmm. the career he had was pretty impressive considering the competition he was going up against and the talent surrounding him being yeah. pretty low. I'm a big fan of Evans, not the typical receiver that Tom Brady has worked with. They're just two high level guys though, so I think that's gonna yeah. work out. Godwin in the slot. He could play outside too, but I think he's going to benefit quite a bit, particularly in receptions. And then I think they got good value in Tyler Johnson, receiver out of Minnesota, productive player that I think is going to do well in the slot as as well. Like you said, the defense I think it's going to be pretty strong next year. They had that tough run defense, and they added in and Sue. So unless he's stomping people's heads, I think they'll be alright. You add Gronk as some familiarity that can help with the transition into a new offense. Mm-hmm. But I, I I do think that Brady still has the tools, the arm strength, to stretch the field vertically to fulfill that Bruce Arian's offense.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, watching last year, I watched some Patriots, and he uh, didn't you know, look as like the prime Tom Brady will say, you know, he's another year old. He's going to be 43. I mean, I know he likes to stretch and he doesn't eat ketchup and things like that, but it's, you know, it can only help you for so long. So being 43 it's like this for anyone in the NFL, but especially for someone that old, you're almost one hit away from never playing again. As a 43-year-old guy, if you get blindsided by a guy who's 300 pounds and running full speed at you, it's going to be tough to get back up sometimes so i i i didn't see the zip as much last year it, it's just i don't i just don't like you said if it was anyone else almost i would say it's, it almost definitely is not going to work out i have faith that tom's going to do whatever he can to try and figure it out try to make it work but at this stage in your career going on a new team rarely works out for most people at the same time you have to look at it. he is 43 and it is a, a bit of an awkward fit so it, it's just it's for me and and like you said, the defense is going to be good on the run, against the run, but if they're giving up 250, 300 yards in the in the passing game, and like giving up twenty eight points a game, you know, are they going to be that high powered of an offense to overcome something like that? I think it really is going to come down to a lot of how much a defense can keep people out of the end zone and how prolific Tom can actually be in this offense.
0: I Agreed. I, the added wrinkle is the coronavirus and not getting to get in there with Arians. I'm sure they're having plenty of conversations, plenty of virtual meetings. But really, more Tom Brady and his receivers, getting the timing down, everybody getting on the same page. I think they could start a little bit rough. But I do think Tom Brady is really looking forward to this opportunity. To sling it around, to stick it to Belichick, They have a great relationship, and I'm sure 20 years down the line, it'll all be good. But right now, there's no doubt Tom Brady wants to prove him wrong. And I think he's going to do so. Not necessarily in huge team success, but I believe his numbers will be good. I think it's going to be a similar transition as Peyton Manning to the Broncos, where I think Tom Brady's got two good years in him, and hopefully he doesn't go quite down the Peyton Manning road and turn into, you know, who I fondly call neckhead noodle arm that last year. But hey, Tom Brady won't care if he if he has that same season, what was it, nine touchdowns, seventeen picks as Peyton Manning the year they won the Super Bowl. He'll do that for another ten years if he could keep winning Super Bowls. Those Kale pajamas are gonna keep him going until he has grandkids.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, he's definitely uh, you know trying everything he can to keep it, keep himself young. But, you know, when Peyton went to the Broncos, he was still a high-level quarterback until the last, you know, what was it, uh, I mean, 2013 in the Super Bowl, he set the record for touchdowns and maybe passing yards in a, in a season. So he was still, at nine, declined. Now, once he did start declining, he went off a cliff. So I think it's just – I just think it's a little different situation in terms of Peyton was still pretty much at his best or close to it, whereas Tom is, is not. So that would be the difference in those two. But, if, you know, Montana took the Chiefs to the playoffs, the AFC championship game, I think, when he went to the Chiefs. So you never know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, we'll, we'll hopefully get to find out this fall. I'm, I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. Stick with the quarterback topic. What do you think about the Eagles draft – And in particular, Jalen Hurts. What do you think about that pick? And I'm going to start first. I'm going to give you some time to think. To me, I get it from the standpoint of Carson Wentz has not been healthy. Past that, I don't really get it. I don't think they're going to use him, you know, Taysom Hill. That's been brought up. One, I don't think Jalen Hurts, although a great runner, great athlete. I don't think he's Taysom Hill. I think he's a better thrower of the football. But the red flag to me is... When he was drafted, and really all the lead-up to the draft, all the analysts spent 90% of their time talking about how he was a great leader and great locker room guy, and that's fantastic. But when you get drafted, or when you're being evaluated as a prospect, and they don't really talk about the football that you played, that just worries me a little bit. You know, <laughs> yeah. for a second round. So what what do you think about that
1: pick? Uh, I don't get it at all, and, and besides the durability issues that Wentz has obviously had. Other than that, well, I, I don't get it. You know, it's just uh, Philadelphia is not an easy place to play in already. And they Most of those guys, I'd say 75 to 80% of their fan base likes Wentz. It's not like a, even a Cam Newton situation where you have people who are constantly calling him out no matter what. Even if he's being an MVP, you're still getting called out. We had plenty of those guys in our fan base. I think they're a little bit more so than him, but I've seen, you know, I go you on know, Reddit a lot. I've seen a lot of Reddit guys, you know, not a lot, but I've seen a handful who are don't like him, and uh, you know, so I think it's good that most of the city likes him. Most of them want him to play, but it seems like he's bringing on a headache. And whenever Wentz has a bad game, there's going to be people yelling for Hurts to play. Uh, you know, unless unless Wentz got hurt and you know Hurts goes and plays. 12 games and he's terrible then maybe that'll shut him up but you know until that happens anytime Wentz you know does something wrong there's going to be those people calling for a change I just don't think Hurst is going to be a good quarterback if you're drafting him purely to play quarterback I don't see him being an amazing quarterback in the NFL so really you draft the guy in the second round I mean I just, personally I think the top the first three rounds was that that's almost the top hundred guys that's where you got to Really try to get your guys, because you're not gonna. There's, you know, there's not many fourth, fifth, sixth round guys who are gonna come in and make an impact for your team very often. They are, they're out there. That's why they have the draft. But you're not banking on those guys being good. Your top three picks, you want to be solid guys who are gonna contribute sooner rather than later, and have potential to be quality players, not just serviceable players. And I don't think he's a guy you want to invest something that high, a second round pick on a guy who. It's, you're pretty much saying it's going to be a gadget play kind of guy. Maybe come in five, five to ten, maybe snaps a game, and just give you a little different look. Uh, you, you got. I'm not a huge fan of the receiver they got. I mean, who was the fourth or fifth receiver off the board. So obviously, he wasn't the best guy in the class. Uh, then you go and get that guy. When I mean, they need running back. They need. I think they lost their left tackle. I believe retired.
0: Yeah. Well, Jason Peters, he hadn't retired, but they aren't bringing him back. Doesn't look like it. He's still a free yeah. agent. There's actually been some rumors that the Bucks might pick him up. But the yeah. Eagles definitely had an interesting draft. Yeah. The The Hurts pick, if anything else, gave us some great reaction videos. Those were hilarious <laughs> to watch. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, their focus was so much on speed, which I, I won't say is wrong. I wasn't a big fan of Jalen Rager pick. I know some yeah. people are really high on him. He's a pretty polarizing guy. I'm a little bit lower definitely bring some speed and i i kind of enjoyed they just took some flyers on some receivers in the fifth and sixth round just taking guys who are fast you know raw but fast was definitely their mo they did take prince tega out of auburn who i think is a great prospect if he can stay healthy and that's a major concern with him but he was definitely a top Seventy-five prospect, if health wasn't a concern. Yeah, and uh,
1: what so? uh regular, what do, you do what do you run in the forty? Do
0: you know? Uh, well, so here's kind of the trick with that too. Ran, I believe, a four-four-seven, which is plenty fast. Yeah. At the combine, he wasn't happy with it. I think there's they're saying reports came out he's a little bit knocked up. But sure, I believe yeah. he had a pro day where he had a couple guys hand timing him. Supposedly ran. Four two two and four two eight. I looked into it a little bit briefly, and most say that those times were bogus. Again, not that he's not fast, but yeah. I mean, especially four two two. I, you know, hand timed stuff. I think he got his point across, and I think most believe he runs better than a four four seven. Yeah, but I just don't buy four two two.
1: No, I'm assuming there was no scouts. So it was a virtual pro day. It
0: was a virtual I mean, pro day. I believe it was some former pro scouts that were there timing him. Okay. So it wasn't so, Joe Schmo, but...
1: I mean, it's harder to do nowadays just because of all the technology and everything, but, you know, there's all these stories from, you know, people from throughout the years, you know, that, oh, they pro day, they ran a 4-2-1 four, four yeah. or whatever, and you're like, well, did it, we don't know if he did for sure. These guys, you know... They have a vested interest in him running faster, so it's harder to believe, you know, everything they're going to tell you at a pro day like that. But, you know, he could be that fast. I think more and more people start to realize flat-out speed isn't doesn't really equate to success very often at any position, but it's definitely it's easy to overrate a receiver because he runs a 4-2. All of a sudden, you're like, wow, that's pretty rare, but you're not running in a straight line 40 yards very often. In the NFL. And when you are, you know, if you're really good at it, they're going to put someone over the top. So you can't do that. So
0: that's uh, exactly right. When you look <laughs> at it, basically nobody that at least has an official 40 at 4 3 or better has done anything. I mean, even been relevant. And yeah. almost to the point where basically anybody who's run better than 4 4 flat, there's been very, very few who have bested that mark and been productive at all. It's almost like it replaces so many of the other tools that you need, especially fundamentals, speaking with receiver, like the technical mm-hmm. side of your routes that you mm-hmm. come in so raw. Typically, a lot of those guys are undersized. Like you're saying, you put a safety over top, and you can kind of scheme them out. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that ends up being the case with him.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it helps. I mean, he's just having that guy to keep someone honest. You know, and so they have to pull the safety out there. They can't just, you know, let him run wild. If he runs a four two and runs by the corner, you know, most of these guys are good enough athletes. They're going to catch, you know, they might catch one or two a game if you let them and score a touchdown. So it keeps them honest. But yeah, I mean, the only guys you can think of, I can think on top of my head, uh, is you yeah, got Megatron ran like a four three two. I think maybe a four three nine.
0: I think it's four three nine.
1: Yeah, and uh, but still sub four, and he but. You got Megatron and Randy Moss probably did if I had to guess. I'm
0: not sure if Randy Moss is his official, but I think pretty much everybody would give that to him. And yeah, then the sure. other one is like maybe Julio. But then, like, think about who we're talking about. We're but, talking but, about exactly. guys who are 6'3 and bigger, who yeah. have the weight, and who have all of the other part of their games solid. Yeah. Like, those are generational talents. That isn't exactly the same as 5'10 injury prone John Ross III. Who I was exactly. a fan of coming out, but like those are just completely different prospects.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Is the guys I mentioned, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, and uh, Julio? They're all, I mean, thoroughbreds. They're big, strong, and they're fast. It's not like they're just fast <laughs> and skinny and they can run. That I mean, they Julio obviously is a great route runner. Calvin Johnson probably not as great a route runner, but he was just a freak. So, Beast, yeah. It, it, it just, I mean, he was six five, six five, two forty. Or two thirty-two, something like that, on his pro day, or his, at the combine, and ran a 439 four, four, and had a, what 30, 36 or 40 forty-inch vertical, something stupid. Charts athlete. You can't, yeah. You can't. There's not. There's only one or two of those guys ever. And Randy Johnson was obviously tall. I mean, Randy right, Johnson. Randy Moss was obviously tall, but not not a big guy. But I mean, he was just flat out. He could jump too. Jump out of the gym. Those are special all those guys, guys. All those guys are tall and can jump, and, and they, they are not only fast, but they're taller than you and they can reach higher. So someone, you know, like you said, like you said, five ten John Ross is not. We're not talking about the same kind of person. So and the only other one I can think of maybe be Deshaun Jackson. I would well, I would assume he probably ran faster than a four four. I don't know for sure, but he's he's obviously not big. But again, he's electric, and and then Tyreek Hill, obviously the best receiver in the NFL, possibly for at least with tyree kill he can run routes he's very technical and he's just incredibly fast so it's it's a good combination but like you said there's only a handful of those guys and usually you know they're more of a surprise rather
0: than the guys you want to try and roll with yeah i agree i mean i think when it comes down to it to some degree you've got to rely on analytics even though I think it's always very important that you put them in context. Yeah. And, you know, so you don't want to just rule a guy out because he runs too fast. Yeah. But I think it is something to be wary of. Double check the rest of his game doesn't match up with those measurables. Now, yeah. speaking with analytics. I know you're you're a proponent of the Browns. I don't know if I'd say a fan, but a guy who's had some faith in them over the past couple of years. And they're big into analytics. Their department really runs their draft and you know, as far as PFF grades, they got great grades their draft picks. I do like Jedrick Wills. He was the number 1 rated tackle on many people's boards, yeah. rated as the the most pro ready as well. It'll be interesting to see him move over to left tackle. Since they signed Jack Conklin, I don't think they'll be moving him. I think Wills is going to be the one moving to left tackle. Um, Other notable, main notable pick was Grant Delpit. Stock dropped a lot after he struggled this year, particularly with tackling. Then they took what I think is a good pick on Jordan Elliott, a really high upside defensive tackle, and then a late-round flyer on Donovan Peoples-Jones, a guy that has tons of talent. Has kind of underproduced, been banged up some, but I think that's definitely worth the six round pick. Are you buying the Browns yet again?
1: (laughs) Well, I will say that uh, A, you have to start with the coaching. I personally believe NFL is the most important sport when it comes to coaching. And uh, Freddie Kitchens was just, he was a disaster. I mean, he's just, it's hard to read into a, a team performance when you just have someone who's that. You know, kind of clueless, if for lack of a better term. I mean, I'm sure he's, he knows a lot about football, but in terms of running the team, he didn't show that he could do it very well. You know, I mean, he, the thing was he called plays well the year before after they fired Hugh Jackson, I believe that was that year, and he took over the play-calling duties and did they did well. But when I mean, he had games like last year, they played the Bengals, and the Bengals were the worst run defense, I think, in the league, or one of them. You got Nick Chubb who's running all over people, and I think they ran the ball maybe five times in the first half in that game. You got to take advantage of the weaknesses of the other team, and you have, and it's also one of your strengths. You got a great running back. Why not feed him the ball? Why are you trying to pass it against a team who can't stop the run? Going back to my Panthers, teams against us ran the ball on us all all game, every game because we couldn't stop it. So it's hard when you have a coach who's just not, you know, putting you in a position to win. I'll say Baker regressed in terms of reading the field. He
0: was awful you know, last year, my man. It, he was awful.
1: On, in terms of reading the field, he had a, you know a tough time uh, identifying where he should go with the ball. But the offensive line was a lot was a big question mark last year. You usually, preach you win the you win the game in the trenches in the NFL, and if you're losing bad on the offensive side of the ball, it's hard for anyone to be successful. Receivers, quarterbacks, running—you you, you just need the time and the space to make plays. If you don't have it, then it's hard. That being said, Baker didn't look great anyway. Even taking that into consideration, but signed Conklin, like you said, they drafted a guy who I think is going to be good, top best tackle in the draft. Coming out of Alabama, you know he's coached well. Coming from Saban, big guy. I mean, if he pans out the way they think, is great. Great pick and is what they needed if the, if, the, if it all comes together and you know their guys can figure out how to best utilize Odell and, and Landry and in uh, and joku and they, they drafted a tight end too know to the, they signed Hooper from the
0: they the signed track. Austin Hooper yeah I think a good yeah. signing they did draft yeah. Harrison Bryant the tight end class was pretty polarizing nobody was really all that high on anyone in particular I know some. Yeah. We're pretty high on Harrison Bryant coming out of Florida Atlantic. Um, Mm. Short area quickness. He's got a big frame. We'll see. I mean, I I don't think personnel has really been the issue for the last two years. I think it's coaching, like you said. They've got to get the ball to Nick Chubb, and they need Baker to play better. If those two things happen, they'll be in playoff contention. I'm just uh, currently a doubter right now. Not necessarily in Stefanski. We'll see. More so Baker. You're talking about a guy who is basically under talented for a number one pick overall. Not necessarily undeserving, just he doesn't check all the boxes, particularly in physical talent. Then he's shown some lack of maturity. You add in lack of discipline, he's getting overweight. That worries me. Of course, he could turn it yeah. around this off season, but when it comes to the Browns, I'm gonna err on the under. So we'll see yeah. what their season total comes out at.
1: That's that's I, I don't uh, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I mean, I think Baker's a competitor. I don't think he's uh, gonna just unwork his well, unwork his way out of the league, if you will. He, he it's tough to uh, watch what he did last year and have an abundance of confidence in him. I think he's got. He still has that fire, and he uh, people like him on his team. I believe you know he's one of those guys. He might be one of those guys where he's on your team, you love him. If you're playing against him, you hate him. But I think the guys with him probably like him. And uh, it really is. I think it's mostly is going to come down to him. If if they if the tackles they've acquired pan out, he's not going to have much of an excuse left. I mean, you've got Odell on one side, Jarvis on the other. They still got Njoku, right?
0: They you know, do. They do. He's been banged up some, but yeah, I, yeah. I agree. This is uh, time for Baker Mayfield to put up or shut up. I'm, no excuses yeah. anymore. Year yeah. three, time to take a step forward.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if if he's uh, if they have a losing season this year, I think they're going to be a lot of questions asked. You know, it, it'll be going into his fourth year. You know. If, and they might not pick up his fifth-year option if they have a losing season this year. They might they might wait until the last second to decide that. And, uh, you know, he could walk after 2021. Or they could let him go, I should say. So, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a pretty big two years for him coming up for sure, uh, if he can get that big contract or if he's going to be another flame-out uh, from uh, first overall pick.
0: Agreed. We'll see. Only time will tell. I wanted to quickly touch on my Titans draft. I really loved their second and third round picks. I think Christian Fulton, back end of the second round, great value, was highly productive in college, has the measurables. There are some question marks about his toughness. But again, late second round when guys like A.J. Terrell are going 16th overall, I think that's great value. And then... My boy, Darrington Evans, oh, shout out at State. Hey. Great pick in that wide zone scheme. Kind of you've got thunder and lightning between Derrick Henry, yeah. who's got some speed, but, I mean, he's a bruiser. He punishes people who try to tackle him. Yeah. And Darrington yeah. Evans, one cut running back, yep. speed, and he's going to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Really love those two picks.
1: That's the big thing, I think, about Evans is uh... – You got Derrick Henry, only caught 18 balls out of the backfield in 16 games last year, so basically one catch a game out of the backfield. In the modern NFL, it's not how it's really going anymore. You you like, obviously, it's better when you got guys like Le'Veon Bell or McCaffrey or, uh, you know, going back to LT or Jamal Charles, you know, to have those guys that can do both. It's not as desirable when you got one guy who specifically run, one guy specifically passed because it kind of tips your hand sometimes, but... That being said, Henry can't catch the ball in the backfield, so you got to have someone else who can do it. So I, I really like that as a compliment to Henry having a guy who can catch you out of the backfield. Like you said, he's fast, he's versatile. I don't, I wouldn't roll out him running the ball a decent bit. You know, uh, I think watching him at App State, he can, he obviously has talent running the ball, carrying it out of the backfield. So I think that's a great pick for them in terms of the team fit. I don't think you could have had a better fit at that position in the draft than what you got. So I definitely like that. Obviously, we're going to be high on am Cesar Boy, but uh, I really like that. Really like the Titans drafts for sure. The at least the early part.
0: Yeah, maybe a little bit of bias showing through, but that, I mean that's all right. Oh, we're yeah. allowed to be a little <laughs> bit biased for App State. Yeah, I mean, fair. I'm a little disappointed that the kick return game is being. I wouldn't not completely taken away in the NFL, but is being devalued because yeah. that's. I mean, he would be one of the top kick returners in the league. I have full confidence in. I think he'll still be able to make an impact there, but he adds versatility to that backfield in a way that Deion Lewis couldn't last year. And that dynamic with Henry and Lewis last year was very much so. Henry's in, it's run. Deion Lewis is in, it's pass. And he wasn't as effective as a runner as I think Evans will be. Henry... Is great after the catch. It's just he catches one screen pass a game, and that's it. And he does great with that one catch, but he's not even running routes. He's just catching a screen, you know. Yeah. Um, As far as yeah, no, (laughs) yeah, no, no, none of that. But uh, Isaiah Wilson, some people really high on him, some people really low. Me, I'm kind of in between. Uh, You know, six tackle taken. I don't think that's bad value think he needs to develop but again I think a scheme fit. You're talking about a behemoth of a man who's going to get yeah. to the titans and get to just ground and pound people that you know I think that'll be a good fit in terms of the passing game, play action heavy that should help him out on the edge there. So I like that as well. Um yeah. wanted to quickly touch on they they picked up Cole McDonald out of Hawaii. I think a good flyer on a quarterback seventh round, a guy that's got a cannon, definitely not afraid to throw it in traffic. So I was happy with that as well. Wanted to give a quick shout out to Akeem Davis Gaither, linebacker out of App State going first pick in the fourth round to the Bengals, a guy that's maybe a little bit undersized, but can fly around tough. When App State played North Carolina and South Carolina, he dominated for App State's defense. I think it's a great pick. He's got short arms, but has shown the ability to rush a passer. I think he's exactly where the linebacker position is going in the future of the NFL. And then lastly, Jordan Fair signed as an undrafted free agent with the Minnesota Vikings. I think he is one guy that was really hurt by the coronavirus's impact on pro days. He's a guy that needs to put on some weight, no doubt to play in the NFL for a long time, but is a physical freak. All those guys, you listen to Darrington Evans, they'll, they'll say he'll, he'll run in the four fours, And I think if he had a pro day, he would have had a chance to get drafted late. I mean, real yeah. late, but would have had a chance. And I think he, given the opportunity and with some development, will have a solid NFL career. Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you have in your mind a particular team that stood out or maybe a couple teams that stood out above the rest as far as their draft performance? Obviously, no one truly knows for another two, three years. But as far as today, who sticks out to you as they did a solid job? Do I think we're
1: going a solid job.
0: Uh-huh. Well, great. Who Who are the top one or two drafts that you would say?
1: You know, I, I, I like what the Ravens did, as usual. Ravens are probably <laughs> the best the best drafting team in the NFL consistently. It's just, I, I read someone else put it really well. That the Ravens, sit, they're always late in the draft. They sit back, watch all the other teams make mistakes, and they make great draft picks. It, it's hard to argue with their success in terms of developing guys over the years.
0: What about the Cowboys? That's been one that's getting like, a lot like, of hype. What do you the think Cowboys, about that? Cowboys. I was
1: gonna. I was gonna say them. Obviously, they're gonna get hyped no matter what because they're the Cowboys. I was trying to think if I could think of someone above them, but I like the Cowboys. Love Ceedee Lamb. Love the fact that he's gonna be across to Amari Cooper. Cowboys offensive line not as great as it has been. You know, the pat the recent history, but still solid. Still got Tyron Smith. They got Zeke obviously coming out of the backfield. Again, another guy. Z- uh, Dax gonna have a lot to prove. Kind of shut up the haters again. He, you know, had some good games last year, performed pretty well for a lot of the year, but again, in some of the bigger games, he fell short against the, the, the good teams. So there's still jury still out on him in my mind in terms of whether he can actually be that guy to take them far, but hard to dislike what they did in the draft for sure. I got a couple of negative ones. I don't know if you want to throw out some positives. Right? Yeah, let
0: me throw out just one that's an underrated draft, I think. They haven't been getting quite as much shine as your Ravens. Just They're the traditional. They always do it right in the draft. They don't reach. They sit back, take great players. Cowboys are getting the hype with the big names yep. that they got. And I do like their draft. But I think an underrated one would be the Broncos. Oh, yeah. Jerry uh, uh, oh, Judy at 15th. I think is great. He's my number one wide receiver, a technician who also has the requisite size and speed to be a number one guy. Really like that pick. Hamler, not quite as high on, but he brings great speed. And if you know how to use him, you get that ball in his hands where he can turn up field and run. He's dangerous. They got Michael Ogimudie, corner out of Iowa, physical freak. With their defense with Von Miller, Bradley Chubb rushing the passer, he's a guy that's just going to choke receivers out at the line of scrimmage. Love that pick. And then they take a late-round flyer on Natane Mutai out of Fresno State, an offensive guard that's just an absolute mauler, who was in most people's top five interior offensive linemen grade-wise. He's got a couple injury issues, and that's the reason he fell but in the sixth round, taking a guy like that that could truly be an impact guard for you. I mean, you, you yeah. go watch this film, Panda. He destroys people. I mean, he's nasty about it, too. So I, oh, yeah. I like their draft.
1: I always like those guys.
0: Yeah. So, uh, okay, hit me with your negatives. Who, who screwed it up?
1: All right, my, the two that I was most upset about would probably be number one, Packers. I don't see what they're doing there. I mean, if Jordan Love pans out, I happened to be watching first take the other day with the coronavirus and everything. You're home a little more than usual. <laughs> and Kellerman said, and I agree, that Jordan Love almost has to be a Hall of Fame quarterback to make the pick worth it. Because you're waste, A, you're wasting two years at least, if Air Rodgers stays, you're going to waste two years of his rookie deal. Which in the modern NFL, a lot of these teams are building teams around rookie quarterbacks with the extra cap space not being eaten up you know, by your quarterback. You're wasting at least two of those years with Jordan Love. I just don't – I'm not sold on him as a prospect in general. I'm not sold on the floor's ability to develop him. And then you go and draft a guy in the third or fourth – I mean, in the second round who was projected to be a third or fourth rounder. Nothing really sticks out about him too much. You already have a very talented back in Aaron Jones. Obviously, that's a play where they're probably not going to sign Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams, one of the two. I'd probably lean towards Aaron Jones. He's going to want a lot of money and uh, most teams aren't paying running backs that money anymore. So I'm assuming that's a play to where he's going to maybe take over next year or something, but basically the Packers, they needed receivers. They probably need a secondary help for your quarterback who's possibly the best quarterback to ever play the game, and you go out and draft a quarterback. You're wasting that quarterback's contract. You're pissing off your, your, your quarterback who's, pop, who's been there for 15 years, maybe the best to ever play the position and uh, just wasted another year not having receivers for Rodgers. I mean, just doesn't make any sense to me, really.
0: Totally agree that not drafting any receivers is just a mistake and almost does come across like, let's just make Aaron Rodgers mad. Then I think the A.J. Dillon pick, I think they're hoping he can be Derrick Henry. I don't quite see that, but I think no matter what, it was a reach. And the second, yeah. I don't hate the quarterback pick as much. The only thing I would say is they, no doubt, frustrated Aaron Rodgers. Didn't make oh, yeah. too many picks that, at least on the surface level, are win-now picks. And exactly. they, they're they hamstrung with his contract. They basically can't move him for two years.
1: Yeah, they, so this I think year, they're that year a, he's going he's gonna to be there unless they trade him
0: somehow. Well, thanks. They <laughs> trade him, they're still taking a big dead cap hit. Exactly, so, yeah. Again, that takes away from their ability. Even if they want to move on to win, now it's
1: yeah, they're wasting a bunch of dead money on a guy who's not even there. So when you got a guy, when you try, you you would imagine they're down mode. NFC Championship game last year, they got their butts kicked, but they were still there, thirteen and three. And you draft your two arguably your two strongest positions on your team. You draft guys in those two positions instead of trying to fill holes, which. I think the Packers were pretty fortunate last year to be 13 and 3. Easily could have been had a 10 or even a 9 win season last year. And if they were going to try to win now, they needed as much help as they could get outside of things that were already a strength. So not addressing weaknesses early on is just a terrible mistake, I think. Uh, another team, Eagles. We already talked about. I hate the Eagles drafting Hurts, like we said. Not a fan of their receiver. I mean, Big 12 guy. You know, hard to read sometimes how good those guys are. There's just lack of defense in the Big 12. I mean, there's every receiver has 1,000 yards, it seems like, on every team. So it's just tough to evaluate those guys. And there's guys like Mims were still on the board, and some big, you know, little rare talents. Didn't like their first-round pick. Didn't like their second-round pick. I don't don't know much about the rest of their draft. But those are probably the two that stick out in my mind as the worst. Uh, that Yeah, I would say those two, definitely.
0: Yeah, Rager, were, were, again, just to kind of recap on him. Major concerns for me undersized, lack of production. Sure, their quarterback play at TCU wasn't great, but you couple those two things with also some injury concerns, I think they could have traded back and gotten him a little bit later. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. I think they should have made a play to get C.D. Lamb now, the Cowboys probably, once he fell to 17, weren't going to move off. But again, well, I, I think th- those are definitely two of the most questionable drafts, at least.
1: I agree. And I, I think that I read Howie Roseman was very high on CeeDee Lamb, the Eagles guy. So to go to the Cowboys has to be, uh, you know, not not his best. Uh, he probably do not like that too much. And then, you know, kind of taking the, what you had left, I don't even think he was the best that was left. I, I get it. Like we were saying about Rogers. at least they were showing support for wins, trying to get up something. But I don't know. And uh, this kind of someone you said it with John Ross earlier, smaller guy, injury prone, has problems staying healthy. Yeah, maybe he's fast, but the, your best ability is your availability. And if you're not on the field, then you're not doing anyone any good. So, you know, it's, it's not uh, not who you want to pick your, with the first round pick. You know, your first, your team's first pick. You don't. You would rather have a guy you know is going to be more productive or a little safer pick rather than someone who I think is more. Too big a question mark to rely on.
0: They definitely emphasize speed, and we'll see if it pays off. I know everybody's it, trying to go that route. You follow the recent Super Bowl winner in the Chiefs, everybody's chasing that model, and we'll see if it pays off.
1: It, it's, you know, everyone's looking for the next Steph Curry, the next LeBron in the NBA. You know, like it's just there's not that many of those guys out there. I mean, the Chiefs have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And, just not, and Patrick Mahomes, there's not – yeah, you want to build a team like that, but it's 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 harder to, it's easier said than done to go find those guys.
0: Yeah, nobody so. else is getting that trio. You can exactly. try as hard as you want, it, it ain't happening. With as much exactly. of the crap shoot the draft is anyways. I mean, yeah. I guess – and again, that's the one defense I'll have for the Eagles is they, I feel like, kind of did have the mindset of this is a bit of a crap shoot let's just throw darts at the wide receiver speed board Yeah. Cross our fingers and hope it works out. And, hey, they yeah. gave it three shots, so we'll see.
1: Sometimes I don't hate that strategy in terms of, uh, you know, if you do it the right way. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm all for upside guys, especially later in the draft. Er, earlier on, you know, you more know what you're getting for the most part. Not obviously 100%, but it's less of a risk. Later in the draft when you're kind of just throwing the dice, why not go with a guy who, who's going to be either great or terrible, you know, even if he's average or below average, he's still not going to be doing much for your team anyway. So why not try to get that guy who at least has the ceiling of he could, he could be a real contributor on our team rather than a guy who's like, he might catch 20 balls a year for us, get a couple third down conversions and, you know, be a gunner on the punt team. You know, I'd rather have the former rather than the latter, but that's my personal opinion.
0: I agree. Well, I appreciate your time, PB. Appreciate your insight. I enjoyed it.
1: Me too. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Thank
0: you. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Bolstered Up Sports Podcast. I appreciate all of your support. Please subscribe. Leave a five-star rating and a review. For more content, please follow me on Instagram at sports and on Twitter at bstakes. Thank you very much.